Welcome to Ponder Exchange, a podcast about Christian faith and armed service hosted by me, Brother Logan Isaac. First Formation is spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 17 Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From you let my vindication come, let your eyes see the right. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. As for what others do, by the word of your lips I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from the adversaries at at your right hand. Guard me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They track me down. Now they surround me. They set their eyes to cast me to the ground. They are like a lion eager to tear, like a young lion lurking in ambush. Rise up, O Lord. Confront them. Overthrow them. By your sword deliver my life from the wicked. From mortals, by your hand, O Lord. From mortals whose portion in life is in this world. May their bellies be filled with what you have stored up for them. May their children have more than enough. May they leave something over to their little ones. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied, beholding your likeness. Second Samuel chapter 11, verses 2 through 26. It happened late one afternoon when David rose from his couch and was walking about on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. David sent someone to inquire about the woman. It was reported, this is Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David sent messengers to get her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she was purifying herself after her period. Then she returned to her house. The woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab and the people fared, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. Uriah went out of the king's house, and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the entrance of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. When they told David Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, You have just come from a journey. Why do you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, 
the ark and Israel and Judah remain in booths, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to Uriah, Remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day. On the next day, David invited him to eat and drink in his presence and made him drunk. In the evening, he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. In the letter, he wrote, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting, and then draw back from him, so that he may be struck down and die. As Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there were valiant warriors. The men of the city came out and fought with Joab, and some of the servants of David among them fell. Uriah the Hittite was killed as well. Then Joab sent and told David all the news about the fighting, and he instructed the messenger, When you have finished telling the king all the news about the fighting, then, if the king's anger rises, and if he says to you, Why did you go so near the city to fight? Did not you know that they would shoot from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, son of Jeroboam? Did not a woman throw an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died at Thebes? Why did you go so near the wall? Then you shall say, Your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead too. So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had sent him to tell. The messenger said to David, The men gained an advantage over us and came out against us in the field, but we drove them back to the entrance of the gate. Then the archers shot at your servants from the wall. Some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is also dead. David said to the messenger, Thus you shall say to Joab, Do not let this matter trouble you, for the sword devours now one and now another. Press your attack on the city and overthrow it, and encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that her husband was dead, she made lamentation for him. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and seven stars. I know your works. You have a name of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is on the point of death, for I have not found your works perfect in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Obey it and repent. If you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. Yet you have still a few persons in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. If you conquer, you will be clothed like them in white robes, and I will not blot out your name from the book of life. I will confess your name before my Father and before his angels. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Good morning and welcome to the 14th Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. Our readings this morning uh, come to us from Psalm 17, a very long passage from 2 Samuel 11 and then finally Revelation 3. And the story from uh, Samuel, 2 Samuel, is very familiar to many of us, I think. Uh, It's the story of David uh, raping Bathsheba and then killing her husband to cover it up. It's possibly 
at least from human perspective, it's one of the worst things that David's ever done. Um, it's recorded in such detail that um, it probably offended um, the, the the people that recorded and, and kept this story alive as well. Um, and it all stems from not being able to control one's interests, appetites, and, and impulses. Um, and I say that uh, because the reading from Revelation, uh, I mean, it doesn't really seem to fit with uh, the story about Bathsheba and Uriah. Um, but there was one line that made me think uh, that it might, and that's in uh, verses uh, 4 and 5 about um, soiling their clothes. Uh, the writer saying there's still some people in Sardis who aren't assholes. They'll walk with me dressed in white for they are worthy. And here's what made me think. If you conquer, you will be clothed like them in white robes and not blot out your name from the book of life. Um, conquer, I, I really want to look it up, but I didn't. I haven't taken the time. But I wonder what the Greek is and how that compares with the Greek Septuagint in um, Genesis when God tells um, Cain, sin is crouching at your door, but you must master it. I wonder how master and conquer might be compared um, linguistically. Um, because the angel is telling uh, the, the listener in Revelation, if you conquer what? It's the first time this word appears in the passage. But if you conquer um, the, it as, as a synonym for repent, which has been mentioned in the, in the, um, in the passage... Um, verse 3, remember what you've received and, and heard. Obey it and repent. And it talks about waking up, which is also a synonym in this context for repenting. So conquering is repenting. David failed to conquer his own appetite for sexual gratification. Um, and so he, um, he does what, you know, in the military is, you know, like a cardinal sin. He betrays somebody that is that trusts him. And Uriah is built up as an honorable person. He knows that everybody else is camped out in the middle of the field. Um, and that it's not fair of him to come home, you know, take a shower, you know, have sex with his wife. And, you know, um, it's, he refuses to do it. So he sleeps with David's servants near his front door. Um, and, uh, David's trying to get him to have sex with his wife, so it looks like the baby that he has conceived uh, out of wedlock uh, to make it look like the baby is Uriah's and not David's. I mean, it doesn't work, and so instead he, he conspires to kill him by allowing him to uh, go to the fiercest fighting and then abandoning him on the battlefield. Um, and that's like, I don't know, that's pretty bad. I can't imagine as... Uh, you know, within the military context, what could be worse than knowingly betraying someone that trusts you? Um, and he does this because he is unable to conquer his appetite for sexual gratification. He, he cannot master the sin crouching at his door. Um, and it's a warning tale, a cautionary tale. And this is why I actually like David. Um, he is not some, you know, shining light on a hill. Uh, he isn't, you know, up on a pedestal with wings ablaze and a halo already in hand. Uh, we see all these these 
mistakes that he makes. We see the shit that he does, um, but David typically uh, repents. David is honest, both with himself and with his people, but also most importantly with God. Um, And God knows that in David, God has a, a partner that won't just, you know, kind of, I mean, like Saul is just kind of not interested in doing good. Um, David is. And for those people who are interested in doing good, when they know they've done poorly, they correct themselves, they repent. Uh, They conquer the sin crouching at their door. Um, And now because the reading was so long, I don't want to go on for very long, but um, I'm sorry for missing out on Friday. Um, I'm I'm still looking for the, the books of prayer and, and poetry that I know are somewhere. And once I do, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to kind of get into a groove and um, provide a little bit more variety with the concluding prayer. But um, all in time, I suppose. A prayer for those who suffer for the sake of conscience in the Book of Common Prayer. O God, our Father, whose Son forgave his enemies while he was suffering shame and death, strengthen those who suffer for the sake of conscience. When they are accused, save them from speaking and hate. When they are rejected, save them from bitterness. When they are imprisoned, save them from despair. And to us, your servants, give grace to respect their witness and to discern the truth, that our society may be cleansed and strengthened. This we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our merciful and righteous judge. 